Hello and welcome back to our new The Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Desi's Dead Robinson. And this episode that you're getting is not season two of Nerds Against the World. It is on hiatus. Once again, on hiatus, but we'll be back at some point soon. On this episode of The Giant Contraband Robot, by conjunction of Nerds Against the World, we're talking about nerds in the uh, black nerds, black nerds or blurds, if you will, within the nerd community, um, our trials and tribulations, not much tribulations, just what we go through as nerds and what we see within the media and the community and how we approach it and our own experiences and what got us into nerdum as um, what we experience um, as black Americans and what we deal with um, in different um, age groups and um, genders so hope you enjoyed the episode if you love more of this just let me know tweet tweet at me if you will tweet at me i need some loving no, I'm just but um yeah enjoy the episode we have the lady hana we have dennis 1219 we have the race where and yours truly once again stay safe and always live long and prosper I was surprised Wait, the first you, time you, you did. I'm not a. I'm not sure <laughs> you do you did. Yeah, I was surprised the first time you did that. Oh, you making me right. edit. You're gonna have to make me edit now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And with that, welcome to season two of Nerds Against the World. I'm your host Desmond Desi is Dead Robinson, and with me back, he's uh, he's like John Wick. He's back, Ray. Ray Williams, also known as Ray Square. Well, people keep on asking I'm back. Well, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello, I'm Ray. You can follow me at Ray, uh, Ray underscore squared on Twitter and Instagram. Also, finally, on the podcast, we have Dennis LA1219. Thank you, thank you. My name is Dennis LA1219, Twitch streamer, comic book, somewhat aficionado. You guys can catch me on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch at DennisLA1219. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And you brought the you brought the radio voice. You brought the radio voice. You, you I, I have, mean, people you have, give you, you have the voice better than I do, I'm just saying. Man, people jump on me or compliment me because of my voice all the time. So to that I'm just going to say thank you. Man, forget your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and last, certainly not least, and I'm also very grateful for them I'm joining on the podcast, the Lady Hana. Hey, my name's Hana. Hana. Uh, you, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I also have a Discord as well, and it's all under the same name, the Lady Hana. Well, once again, thank you for joining. Um, <clears throat> so, the if you've been following Nerds Against the World Season 1, Season 2 is going to pick up like we did Season 1. We're still going to talk about comic books, video games, movies, music, and art, which is now introduced into Nerds Against the World's lexicon. But we're putting a spin to it. So, we're no longer going to be talking about news topics. Um, it may, a news topic may come up, or um, it may not. But... We want to show the, 
it's called Nerds Against the World. And lately, more than, now more than ever, a lot of what we love in the nerd community is it's been more spiteful and hateful. You have people trying to come at the Aldous Hodge for being cast as Hawkman. An African, a technically Egyptian character who's always played by a white man. I mean, come on. And we're not talking about Space Hawkman. We're talking about Earth Hawkman. Um, or the casting, if it happens. You see a lot of people complaining about Superman might be being black. We don't even know that's the case. So, but then also, this topic actually stemmed from this, um, you, not YouTube, Twitter video that was circling through you, um, Twitter. And I know Dennis may know what I'm talking about. Um, an African-American gentleman um, said about how it's dangerous for him and other gamers to do what we're technically doing now. Just be mm-hmm. nerds. On either it's on Twitch, YouTube, PlayStation. It doesn't matter. Because we get the Veritol when we want inclusion. Um, and it's even worse if you're a woman of color. Especially black women of color. So, that is the topic. If you feel uncomfortable and you made it this far, deuces. If you want to hear more. You don't belong here if you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. What about that? Mm-hmm. Well, like, if you do feel uncomfortable and you stay here, I commend you. Because yeah. we want to not only be heard, but we also... I'm also, my Twitter is always open. Just don't come at my Instagram. I, I literally have business types on Instagram. But come after me on Twitter. It's Desi is dead. You know, just tweet at me. I, I always, I, I do. I have no shame. I will reply back. Because I, for some reason, I may be an introvert, but I'm very inquisitive when I see people tweeting certain stuff. And I'm just like, what? I got to I got to find out. I got to find out why. Why do you feel this way? So, yeah. So, let's turn it off. Now we talked um, a little bit, so right off the bat, um, superheroes. Well, nah, nah, nah. superheroes be pushed to the back. Something me and Dennis was talking about before we everyone came into the um the chat and when we started recording was our experiences within our own culture. Um, because the first thing I've ever heard a racist term of my own people. An or being called an Oreo, mm. and I'm like, the fuck is it? When I first heard, and it was, and it'd be the last person you think it was from. And it was from my mother, own mother, calling me that. I, and I, without thinking, I was like, what the fuck is an Oreo? She was like, black on the outside, white on the inside. I was like, Whoa. before I could say anything else, I walked off because I know already saying what the fuck in front of my mother is was like a no go already. But that term is still used till this day. Um, to give some background, I like rock music more than hip hop. Ray knows this. He complains about it sometimes. <laughs> um, I do. I feel it's lyrically more better. Uh, well, not lyrically more better than hip hop. Because there is some. There's no. There's no. There's some Migo style rockers out there. I, I shit you not. <clears throat> you not. Um. And I love comic books, video games, anime. I die down on. We'll get to that. I know someone's gonna come after me for being die down on anime. Um, but that's that's me. That's what I. That's what I like. Um, and seeing this, and when I meet another in this term, 
blurred in the wild. It feels like we have a. I, I know people like you have a connection. Yes, because we probably have some form of experience. Um, anyone want to pick up? If I'm if I'm right or wrong, or you want to put their own their own experience on this? I agree, one hundred percent. Like, I've uh, definitely been uh, labeled the same way growing up. Uh, being told like, "Oh, why do you talk white? Or, why do you like this stuff?" And I'm like, "That doesn't even make sense." Um, or just being like, you know, racially profiled, and even though like I've done nothing to, I don't know, like perpetuate stereotypes and stuff like that. So it was like either one or the other. It was either I was being picked on for not being into the stereotypical stuff or I was being stereotyped, even though I haven't shown none of those traits and everything like that. And yeah, I was always the weird kid for liking manga and anime and video games and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I relate. I relate. I relate as well because, you know, growing up in elementary school, I didn't realize at the time that like what the term you know, insinuates um, being Oreo. Um, I didn't know how negative, how negative a connotation and had attached to it because you know I was just a kid, you know, living my life doing what I like to do and speaking like how I <laughs> like to speak. Um, it came natural to me how I acted, how I became. But everyone has a picture of how black men, black women, black people should be. And so that was always projected onto me growing up, being called an Oreo, just because the way I talk, the way I act, my interests, the music I like, you know, it does come from your own people sometimes. And um, yeah, my siblings make fun of me for rap music I like. They still do make fun of me for rap music I like, but less on the um, it being white music, more on it being emotional music. Mm-hmm. So. So definitely, it's, it's, it's died down. I haven't heard it in years because um, people are more aware of that issue. Yeah. And it's easier to call people out on that. And you, and now that I recognize what it is, you know, I can stop it immediately. So, yeah. Dennis? Um, I definitely relate. Even though nobody technically called me that, um, I remember the first experience I'd had with this. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly black and Hispanic. That was it. There was nobody else in that neighborhood. It was just you were either black, Hispanic, or you were uh, you were Asian. Um, and growing up at that time, which was like preteen at this point, most of the music that I listened to was hip hop and rap. That's it. R and B. That's the only thing I knew. Um. A, a classmate that I went to school with who ended up becoming my best friend was Hispanic. So I went to his house one day and I'll never forget it. The very first CD that I listened to that he offered for me to listen to was Green Day. Oh, wow. It was Dookie. It was that, it was that CD. It was so, uh, And I listened to it and I was like, okay. Then the next thing he introduced me to was Nirvana. Well, okay. Then the next thing he introduced me to was Stone Temple Pilots. And I was like, all right, so this is what's going to happen. The next time that I come over here, we need more of this. 
and I remember just I, I instantly just loving it. Um, and then I started listening to older older rock like uh, the Stones, um, Credence Revival, just all just all kinds of just. It really opened my mind to listening to more music in general. Yeah. And then I remember, like, after playing, like, basketball with my boys, having one of these CDs, and I just got clowned for it. Just ripped apart. Um, To the point, we actually got into a fight. Like, I had, I had to defend my honor out there. <laughs> like a fist fight? Verbally? Like a or like fist fight. Because one of them was threatening to break it. And I said, if they touch it, then it was going to be a problem. Because I worked at the at this time, I had a job after school. And I bought this CD. So if they were going to damage it, then they, I, they were going to have to pay for it in more ways than one. Uh, so I, I had to put them hands on them. Like, like yeah, I don't want to get this shit. I had to do. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I had something similar. Um, well, not well, for me, for you, Dennis, I grew up in Linwood, Compton, Watts, Long Beach, that area. Des. Yeah. Gardena, Watts, and South LA. So we were, we're pretty much in the same area. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I know on my end, I was more introduced to the, um, Cure, the Smiths. Um, that emo '80s um rock music, so even pretty much new wave emo. Um, but for myself, I discovered Nirvana, Deftones, Incubus, those bands on my own by just like in LA we have Power 106. So if you go past Power 106, you got K Rock. So if you're an LA native, you know K Rock, and the first song that came up was Corn. Adidas, and this was like '97. My mom was like, "Turn that devil music off or that white music." And I remember it was like that devil white music. I'm like, "What? This is my radio." And obviously, like every black parent, this is my house. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> I'll turn it back." She could listen to Genuine or some shit that was playing. That was back in '97. Um, but then the older I got. Then it's like, and then it's like my uncle finding out her brother knows metal. So Judas Priest, Pantera, um, Kiss, Metallica, like uh, Motorhead. I was like discovering that type of um, rock music. Then I learned, I learned hair metal when I got to like late high school, early twenties. So then listening to Kiss and White Snake and all the other stuff. Yes, I know that shit, people. I know White Snake. I know uh, D. Schneider, and we ain't gonna take it. Um, but then, like, I had a similar, similar experience. Lincoln Park came out, and I'll never forget. They came out in two thousand. Hybrid Theory came out in two thousand, and a group of people, uh, a group of dudes, like, yeah, this ain't music. This, like, they trying to do that new metal shit, and they snapped it. Did it get my ass beat? Yeah, I can't fight five dudes on one nail. <laughs> But that was my CD. I was like, Hybrid Theory, man. Chester Bigton, RIP. I, was like, I had a similar experience, except for I was on the losing end on that one. Um, but that's why I was always associated with the Rockers, because I was like, when you hear hip hop, it's always calling women outside their name, drug dealing, gang banging. 
I was like, I don't associate with that. And, uh, and people associate black culture for that. And I'm like, no. I was like, living color. All black rock band. There are all black rock bands out there. They don't get the airplay at all. Except for because CM Punk had that his theme song from Living Color. They're back in the lexicon in terms of rock music, which is rightfully so. I don't even think they even got a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. Hopefully, I wish they did. But I'll look up. I'll, I'll, let me stop there. They probably did. And if they did, I'll do a... Um, what's that word for? What word I'm looking for? I'll come back at a later episode. Like this, this is what happens. Because I, I tend to do that. Sorry. Um, but also to piggyback, we probably crossed paths, Dennis, and we didn't know it. You know what? Given when I was living out there at the time, man, we probably did. <laughs> we yeah. probably did. Yeah. We probably did. I'm like, damn. I was like, I didn't realize that. But, um,. Now, I want to move over. When was everyone's first introduction to something like... I know Power Rangers, Dragon Ball... All right, 90s. I would say for me, for 90s. Mobile Suit Gundam, Dragon Ball, Ronin Warriors, Power Rangers, Sailor Moon was my... And Astro Boy was my introduction into anime. What about for everyone else? I think um, what we all have in common, and I could just, this is just me assuming, is that like Toonami was a lot of our introductions to the um, anime world without us knowing mm-hmm. at the time. We just thought, at least my, in my community at the time where I lived, it was like at the time, it was just like dope cartoons. It's like, you know, every day at the school, you just have to tune in to see like what's happening next, like because the fights were outrageous. It was nothing that we ever seen before. It was just, it was never that we was tapping into the anime culture. It was just that, like, um, Tsunami <laughs> at the time um, found the gem that a lot of kids connected to. And a lot of those kids were black. And so I just was caught up in that wave. Which wave of Tsunami? The Tom era or the Lothar era? Wait, what? Yep. There Wait, was, I... Lothar started Tsunami. He was from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. He started it off. <coughs> then by the time we got to 2000, then we got Tom. I think uh, I think the one that, you know, it's the one that did Space Ghost Coast to Coast late night. Mm-hmm. So the one that I'm talking about that I was introduced to was the Tom one. Okay. Steve Bloom. Yeah. Tsunami's been out for a, mi- for a, for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they got a, like an event going on right now. Like, we can do a whole episode on tsunami. But we, you know, what? we should do. I'm a, I'm, you know, let me write that down. An episode of tsunami. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop gave me though. That was the first adult. You know, Ghost and Shell Akira, Akira, Akira. Damn it, Akira. Right, I'm just gonna go what I remember. Akira and Ghost in the Shell was my first introduction into adult anime. To what I feel was was more mature and complex. Like it shows, like anime is not all Japanese schoolgirls, and everyone has to find their key or empowered. There's complexities to this, where American cartoons or lack of a better term, 
art cartoons are not showing this. And now we have, a lot, I think the creator of JoJo, Bizarre Venture, if I got the name right, I, that's why I got majority um, anime watchers on this podcast. I think the majority of the creators are black. Am I right? For what? JoJo Bizarre Adventure. No, um, the creators for that is um, um, Japanese. Because that was that's yeah, funny. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I saw a brother <laughs> standing here. He has his own anime studio, and he brought JoJo Bizarre. I'm like, what? Nah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like someone, um, a black man in Japan has his own anime studio, but no, I, I don't know what they developed so far, but wasn't, it's definitely not um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Wasn't that like Cannon Busters or something like that? Probably was. Yeah, it's an anime on Netflix that was made by a black guy that, that you know, has a anime studio in Japan. But it's I I'm pretty sure it's not JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm looking it up. I can't find it. Once again, um, it's one of those things where I will come back and do a re-edit and my apologies as always. This guy got something wrong because it will be real. You're only human. Yeah. 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 But uh, continue on. Um, because normally we do introductions on ourselves, and I think that was a proper introduction, like how i don't say anybody has anything to add um or more of an introduction of their their base knowledge in terms of what we're going to go into is how we navigate through these communities because i'm kind of like excommunicado like dennis dennis knows i will pop i would randomly pop up on his stream for twitch (laughs) (laughs) it'll be be out of the blue It'll be out of blue because I don't stream anymore. I'm barely in the gaming community. Star Wars, Star Trek, comic books. Like, I'm out of it because it's always... I don't know why... There's over 70 years, seventy plus years of content of white characters. And about maybe 40 years of white... The white male protagonist or at times the white female protagonist. And there's very little. And we can literally probably... All of us together at with our own hands, very little people of color in terms of uh, when it comes to video games. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how is that offensive to you as a white person that there's barely a proper Asian representation, Latin, black, like, or we're the villains in these video games? Like, look at Cyberpunk. As much as I, li- I do like the overall story, I don't like the approach to the Haitians or the Latin community in the game. Hell, the trans trans people in that game was badly represented in that game, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you, well, like, like seriously? Who at CD Projekt Red is writing this shit? Like, this is how black people are. If this was in the year 2077, like, but this is the thing that, like, now more so than ever, people are so used to having their way, seeing something a certain way, mm-hmm. seeing things navigated a certain way, and let's just be honest, seeing it be majority white mm-hmm. in, in, in a certain way, so when you change that narrative, mm-hmm. there's going to be some pushback, yeah. especially with everything that has occurred, and I ain't, I'm not just talking about over last year, because I'm talking about things that have been going on for the for the past couple of years. Yeah. 
that when you see black, indigenous, uh, trans, Latinx being pushed to the forefront, people lose their damn mind. They can't handle it because it's not the it's not the norm. It's not what they're used to. And there's nothing that they want to address. Mainly things that they don't want to address. Mm -hmm. They did. They want everything to go back to quote unquote normal. That's that's not that's not the way that it is. You can take those Mm -hmm. rose colored glasses off because what you want doesn't matter anymore. That those times have come and gone. People are no longer going to sit down and be quiet about certain things. People want to see more representation. People want to see these representations not be villainized also in all these other narratives because that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. yeah. You want to host the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't man. I I you know as a black content creator, specifically on Twitch, like Anytime that I stream, is streaming video games. Mm-hmm. That's all I stream. But my my stream consists of it, it consists of many different things: comic books, mm-hmm. anime. We we talk about all these things there, which I'm I feel very strongly about. Um, but over the course of the year, things have changed. There's certain things that I would say only against my <laughs> my black family that I wouldn't say in front of everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've taken a big fuck that now and just say how I feel. And because I'm sharing my experiences as a black man in this particular country, in this particular environment, people are now understanding that because some people don't, don't know what's going on unless they know somebody who's experienced that and you share that experience. And now it's a learning process. Now they're trying to, now they understand what's going on. I, I had to take a step back and just be like, you know what? I got to just tell you how I feel. I'm sorry if this offends you, but I got to get this off my chest. Yeah. And like I and like I told them, I was like, there are just certain things that I wouldn't say in front of my my my, my, my white friends, my Asian friends, my indigenous friends. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's just certain things that. Code I, yeah, there's just certain things I wouldn't say. But now, I've alleviated that shit. I've got rid of that. I just I say what I feel. And I and I and people know that it's not out of malice. They and they particularly know I'm not any kind of racist. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not what it is. I'm the furthest thing away from a racist. It's just that I say certain things because, you know, when it comes to gaming, especially now, there there's not even a lot of there's not a lot of black content creators that are pushed to the forefront within gaming. No. There's, there's not, you know, you you say something about very famous Twitch streamers and gamers. If you throw a name out there, most of those names that you throw out there are white, white bills. Yeah. yeah. And and, and, and 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 most and most of these creators are heavily sponsored. So mm-hmm. no matter what they do, they're getting paid, they're getting equipment, and they're getting pushed. And they're getting opportunities that a lot of us will never get. No matter how good we are, how hard we work, doesn't matter. That's 100% true. Because I don't see, I'm barely seeing, I throw them under the bus, but they're taking too long. Kind of funny. It took them this long to get um, Blessing Adeoye on air. Um, I know they have a recurring person every now and then for um, for their game cast, but... It's like it took y'all so long. Mm-hmm. Like, like seriously, like I, I get it. 
y'all have y'all need more revenue and you need more money so you can't really take a risk but I'm representation seeing, is not anyone's part yeah that is also another thing because I have, I have um, this was a discussion we had um, I had before I graduated um, in terms of art we it's always I'm uh, and I hate the man explaining it this way because I really wish my friend was on here there's a lot more I'm glad to see a lot more women of color, especially black women and Latin women, being getting more opportunities within art. Because it's always white men. And if it's not a white man, it's a black man or a Latin man. <laughs> so I'm glad to see like more women of color like getting getting what they deserve. Like getting their voices up there. Because I know and this was like kinda unfortunate because this was like right around the pandemic. At the start of the pandemic and my grandmother passed and I was like I was not in that mind frame to go but um, there was an artist Lauren Halsey terrific artist um, someone who I look up she also grew up in Watts she has a show that we couldn't now we can't go but she has another show it's going to be virtual at the Hammer Museum um, Hammer Gallery not the museum and and I'm like she's getting her dues it's like she's getting like she she's the first artist to have her own signature shoe by Nike. I don't hear any other male artists, especially black, having that. And I was like, I want to be her. I want my own signature shoe, but not with Nike. I have problems with Nike. But I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there in the ether. I want, I want to be like on oh, Halsey. I want my own signature shoe like her. Have you have you heard of the artist named Blue? No. He um, put out his shoe with um, Jordan um, not too long ago. Oh, shit. It's pretty dope. Um, he's a great artist. The colors for the shoe is like a reflection of his art. But I like to say that like the gaming um, community is like a reflection of society in general. Yeah. You know, it's always like in the forefront, it's always the white males. And mm-hmm. people don't care about how they act or do they always in the positions of power and they get that power on the backs of black people black bodies in the black um, culture um ninja is a great example of that he's like the top of the game he everyone loves him respects him and all this stuff but like the, he didn't gain popularity he didn't gain he wasn't even in my face until drake hopped on the stream until all these rappers hopped on the stream all these black people hopped on the stream it gave him clout and gave him all these news articles to be like, oh, Ninja had Drake on I'm like, oh, this guy must be good. Let me see why he's not. No, he's he's just a basic dude. He's not he's not good at all. And the fact is that like he has like um, all this controversy around him about saying the N word, about not having women on the stream because of his wife, all this stuff like that. People did not get up about him saying the N word, you know. But when it's about him not allowing white women the spaces on his stream, that's when people became angry. They're not here for black women. They're not here for black men as they are for um, white women, you know? So so the um, gaming industry is just like, it's, it's just a reflection of society. I just, I'm just tired of having all these people that like do horrible things towards black people and people of color, you know, just like PewDiePie, you know, he said a hard R. He's still one of the highest grossing YouTubers. Like, how yeah. how is this possible? We we're overlooking. No, not we. They're overlooking the um, 
atrocities that they're doing towards the black community because we don't matter you know we didn't notice that uprise of people being angry at PewDiePie until he said yeah i'm not gonna have um these women on the street if we know what type of women he's we're talking about white women because you he definitely won't give black women the spaces on history no. so i i i'm just tired of having these people represent us are considered the best of the gaming community and being the faces of gaming like this dude has um ninja has adidas shoes he has toys made of him he has comics <laughs> made of him he has um he has skins in Fortnite. Fortnite. I'm just tired of dude. Get rid of him. Throw him away. We need to like, just like I know cancel culture is bad, but like, this is like he had lots of opportunities to redeem himself. I'm not saying cancel a dude. That's not get make him as popular as he is. He does not deserve money, views, or respect, or to be like the um the role model of the gaming community because we definitely have better people out there to represent us yeah that's very true like i was pretty sick of him the first time i ever heard of him i was like this is ridiculous it's just it just seems like it's it's what's trendy and there's always going to be someone like him that's going to take the forefront um in like all of these like kind of like nerdy communities um just to like throw my two cents in because personally i feel like the gaming community is not as bad as some of the other communities not to like compare or anything like that because i've seen uh black streamers and gamers and stuff have bigger platforms um compared to like other industries like for example i used to cosplay like on a regular basis and i've pretty much stopped um and I don't even really have an urge to want to go back to it because it's there's so much, so much drama, so much racism, so much of like black people getting pushed to the back um, in the community. And since it's gotten so popular too, it's just gotten it's just gotten so out of control. Like, so I've kind of been trying to uh, lean more towards the gaming community because I just feel like I belong there. Um, more than I did the cosplay community, even though I was part of that since I was like 16 years old. And so I've been, I was doing that for like more than 10 years. And I just felt like I got pushed out of it versus gaming that's been part of my life since I was a kid. Um, I don't know, it just, it just feels better, even though like everything that you guys are saying is 100% valid. But, you know, I just wanted to, mention that um in terms of cosplaying is it mainly towards for anime or, or above anime and uh, like marvel or dc um i've done a little bit of everything it was like anime uh, a lot of video game characters um sometimes comic book characters like one of my favorites was to cosplay a psylocke um i one of my more recent um anime cosplays was Hinata from Naruto and even that for example I got comments saying oh Hinata's not black and stuff like that and I know some cosplayers have it even worse because of like colorism for example I'm a lighter skinned black person I'm not going to get it as bad as someone who's a dark skinned Hinata cosplayer that's going to get called you know the n-word Hinata or whatever or hood Hinata or something like really 
just gross like that. You know, I, I've, I've definitely seen that as someone who follows cosplayers and who has um, a friend who's a cosplayer. Um, I've definitely seen that. I, I'm just like, seriously? They can't, a person just can't cosplay as they want. It was like, all right, can we cosplay as uh, Black Panther? I was like, why? Why is that the first thing that pops in your head? Oh my gosh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. I've had that. Just even like friends and like family members have done that to me as well. They'd be, I'll be like, hey, you know, what should I cosplay next? Because I just want to get ideas. And everyone will always come at me with like, always the black character or always the dark skin character and i'm like that's not really what i was looking for i'm trying to cosplay as characters that i actually like connect with not just because i look like them i mean sometimes that happens and that's great but like it's kind of offensive for you to continue continuously um recommend me to to dress up as like characters just because they have dark skin and i don't like, I don't know, it just always didn't sit well with me. That's why I always geared towards more towards RPGs. Because you can make your make your character look any way you want. So yeah. when you see a person cosplay from an RPG, you'd be like, you don't even need to like you know what they wear, you're like, Yep, that's a Dragon Age fan or that's a Mass Effect fan. Like <laughs> before all this started happening. And it was why I brought up Watch Dogs. I saw a Latin dude dress up like Marcus. And I was like, oh, shit. I've never seen that before. That is awesome. I was like, that is, that is, I'm like, most time people are like, shouldn't he be black? Like, yo, let this person cosplay who they want to. Like, there's a black wrench right there. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, they got money for that mask? Like, shit. I need that mask. But, um, yeah, it's like, it shouldn't be color. And that's what I also know that you thank you for bringing up on the, the colorism shit. Yeah. I like I don't fucking get it. Like, especially if a woman wants to cosplay a storm. You're not dark enough. What? I like Storm is Ethiopian. Like like she can like you gonna tell Storm she can't be who she is? Seriously? <laughs> like if you look yeah. at if you look at the X Men comic books hey, shit up chill chill with black as midnight my guy um but also if you if you if you're a, if you're a black person listen I'm sorry that joke's offending I'm sorry I, I do make fun of my own people uh, my friend Ahmed he knows this all too well he tells me black people shouldn't have tattoos and I was like didn't you shoot <laughs> I'm like bruh you got one that I can't see so shut up um, <laughs> <laughs> that's no, a low burn be, joke and I love it that be, <laughs> be, the, thing, the thing is that it should be that tattooers should learn how to tattoo black skin instead of tattoos being bad for black skin exactly and I think that's the benefit of me being an artist and I have friends who are tattoo artists and they know how to tattoo black skin because I'm like I think I have been very lucky on that. I can definitely say that. I've been lucky that they know how to tattoo black skin. But the thing is, though, they still use more ink for us as opposed to someone who's lighter in complexion or who are just white or Latin. Because, I mean, like, I get it. And, I, like, once again, I'm lucky because I get discounts because I'm, once again, I'm friends. And I bring them clients. Um, 
But yeah, I have a friend. If y'all in the Glendale area of California, she has her own tattoo. Named Cynthia. Just sell her. Desmond sent you, or Desi. And I get a discount. Um, I'm putting that plug in there for my own benefit. Um, that was smooth as fuck, by the way. I'm just, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know, and Hannah's definitely right. And gaming is totally different in terms of other mediums, especially communities, because Star Wars is one that is, it was the Star Wars story that I was like, you forget Lando. I was like, don't forget Lando. Even though he's the only brother with a pimp cape. And you find out that the Millennium Falcon was his own before Han took it. See, that's the allegory. A white man take the black man's stuff. See, there we go. Lando. It's, it's, it's me like, come on. But that's why I'm, I'm done with Star Wars. Because looking at the new trilogy... And when hearing JJ's tie as a producer to Superman, but still, it's like you handled Finn wrong. Yeah, that was so upsetting. Or and Poe, like the both of them, like we get it. Ray is the focal point, but even then, when you get to the Last Jedi, it's like her story didn't matter anymore because it's now all about Kylo. I was like, no, I don't care about Kylo. <laughs> Everybody cares about Ray. Paul and Finn. They they definitely like I said they never here for us. <laughs> they never here for us. They they completely erased us in Star Wars. You know they showed Finn with the lightsaber. They showed him being force sensitive. They showed him being a stormtrooper, then deciding to not become like decide to go against the grain and just like, build this character up. Like oh my gosh, he's the next main character. He's the next Jedi. Finally, we're gonna see a black Jedi that's not gonna be screwed over after one movie, you know, so I think that they came in that intentionally and John Biega, you know, I came out and spoke out about that. Yeah. You know, you can't just like um, show on a poster a, a black man with the lightsaber, then make him into a non essential character. Yeah. You know, um, all he did was like run around, scream Ray's name, chase after her. like a love sick puppy. You know, it's just yeah. like, it, it's it's got to be get to that point where we need more people in the room that makes these decisions. That's that's the biggest thing. You know, we need to get more writers in there. We need more directors. We need more people in the boardrooms that have the power to say no. But if they don't allow us into this space, there's no way we can make these changes. Yeah, because you know what's interesting. Um, I heard Spike Lee say something the other day. And he, he basically said what the problem is when it comes to filmmaking. Um, it's the studios. The studios turn down yep. more black films and black characters than we will ever know. There there has been blockbuster movies, great franchises that were supposed to be led by black characters, indigenous characters, Hispanic characters. But Naturally, they threw some sour cream on there and put it out there as a nacho when it sold. Yeah. I, I think I've seen that one because someone piggybacked Ubisoft is the same way because majority of their characters were either supposed to be a woman of color or, or, a, or a person of color or a non-binary character, but then they flip it around and it's a white lead once again. 
Mm-hmm. And like, and you really go like go down in film and in video games. Like, if you look literally, if we if we want to stick to um gaming just for right quick, Watch Dogs Two, maybe Far Cry. Um, what's the one I'm thinking of? It was the two sisters. Um, the two black sisters in the game. The five car, Far Cry what? Five? How many damn Far Cry games are there? <laughs> Oof, it's a bit. <laughs> like, there's too many. I know there's too many, but I remember there was two um, black characters. I think they was the lead for that Far Cry game. So technically, to my base knowledge, two. And if we want to count the prince, who's Persian. So three, and then. The Egyptian assassin from Odyssey, not Odyssey. What Assassin's Creed game was that? I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Brotherhood. I'll just, I'll just uh, Origins. There we go. Thank you. Bayak. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. So four. <laughs> so technically four characters of color just by Ubisoft, and and since you brought it up Dennis, we don't know how many movies Hollywood just like you know fuck it. We're not getting movies. this. You, you know, I think it's the studios also, they're, they're literally thinking about their pockets. Because the one thing a studio wants is they want to put out a movie that's going to sell. Yeah. And they're afraid that if you put a person of color in a lead or a predominantly mm-hmm. uh, black cast or, or a cast of any color, to be fair... Uh, you know, that it's not going to sell. And they're going to be stuck with a movie that didn't do well. When uh, they could have easily just put out this all right. And notice I said right. They put out an all right <laughs> cast and it sells like hotcakes. Yeah. Um, hey, but but um, that's the premise of Black Panther. That movie, mm-hmm. that film, you know, with all black cast set in Africa, an affluent country within Africa, um, with all these different stories, the people, um, a lush, rich culture to show, and just, you know, to have it like get that much amount of money, it proves to Hollywood and filmmakers that black people can make money. Yep. So, what's your excuse now? And I know, yeah. I know people was like, well, it took Marvel this so long. And I remember Kevin Feige actually answered that. He's like, he said, I do get it. He's like, and it is on us. It took us this long, 10 years too long. We have Black Panther come out. But he said, we have these phases. We have these stories that will lead up to Wakanda. That would lead up to seeing T'Challa. He was like, it's not only just the right actor, but he said, it also has to be according to, the, it has to go into it according to the story that they're Telling, and he was, he did admit it. Wakanda was on the map in Iron Man Two. Um, Atlantis was on the map in Iron Man Two. So we know, but we don't know if Namor is going to be a person of color, even though he is in the comic books. Now, I would love to see that. Though. Um, there are rumors. I don't like doing the rumors in the GCR or here on the Nerds Against the War, but I'm hearing Namor might be of Latin descent now. Going let's go around. I'm cool with that. Let's go. Um. To piggyback off of Ray, what Ray said as well, and which he's he's right, Black Panther kind of go against the norm mm-hmm. of what is a box office success. But also, we have to take into consideration something too. 
Black Panther is a product of one of the only venues that is open to representation on all forms, which is comics. Black Panther has a history. Black Panther was the very first mainstream comic of a person of African descent in history by Marvel Comics, by any comic. So it's, a, it's the first character. It's got a history dating back to the '60s. His first. So so many stories to pull away from that. So many characters to introduce from that. Comics is one of the only places where you can where you can create characters of of so many different walks of life. Um, like for instance, the new thing that's going on with uh, DC right now, Future State. They're basically introducing new characters and newer roles. There's a Black Batman right now in Future State. Um, there is a Brazilian Wonder Woman right now in that comic. There yeah, is cool. a non-binary Flash right now in that comic. It's one of the only avenues where they can do stuff like this. And they will. They will take. They will take the step to do things like this. It's one of the only venues that'll do it. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I agree with what you said. I feel like comics are the main venue to do that. But I think comics is more influential these days because everything derives from them or is based off of them. There's more things out there than a lot of people are aware of that's mm-hmm. based off of comics. You know, there's movies, films, all that stuff. You know, Blade. Um, you know, um, you know all these films that come out that you don't have any idea that they're um, comic book movies unless you read comic book. So um, I feel like their influence is like expanding, and since their influence is expanding, we're gonna see more representation because of that. Since people are allowed to take more risks in comic books. Yeah, and I think for in terms of DC on the DC side of things, um, we got Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and finally Blue Beetle is getting his due. And I'm like, I was like, when is John, as much, I grew up on Hal Jordan. That's the thing. But I do recognize that the vast majority of people who grew up on Justice League remembers Jon Stewart more. And they were like, where the fuck is Hal Jordan? Like, like I know in, in I'm only guessing in terms of me and Dennis. If anyone remembers Superman Adventures, it was Kyle Rayner, then John Stewart. So everybody was like, "All right, what's Kyle?" When in terms of like, but the thing is, because Kyle Rayner is half Latin, half white, that's fine. But John Stewart, you regulated him to be in Diggle on the Arrowverse. Like, oh, you give us a throwaway line that his real name is John Stewart, but his name is Diggle. Like, come on, you just call the brother John Stewart. <laughs> you know, call, give us a bone. You call, call him John Stewart, and you're gonna regulate instead of giving him his own series. They're gonna be like, all right, he's gonna be the Green Lantern, but you're gonna see that story takes place on the Flash. Uh, this is why I don't watch DC TV. Y'all, y'all not giving the brother his own show, but you're gonna just, like implant him from one show to the next. Like, come on. Um, his son became Green Arrow in the future. Like, I... Fine, we would have had Black Can- um, Green Arrow on the Black Canaries, but a Black Green Arrow? That would have been a cool fucking TV show. We didn't get that. 
we're not getting John Stewart in the DC t- DC movies. We didn't get Black Green Arrow, so that that representation on the DC side of things is not really there yet. Blue Beetle's coming out, but I, I feel on the side of DC, I don't see that representation. So I welcome a Black Superman as long as it's not Michael B. Jordan. Um, and I said what I said. And also, Black Panther first appearance was in Fantastic Four Fifty Two from nineteen sixty six. Mm-hmm. But he was a villain in that, so thank God. Not Stan Lee, Jack Kirby corrected that shit. Um, like, hmm. Uh, I want to stick to feminism because we can talk about gaming until we do the place. Because um, I know comic book movies are getting to that point. Like, we're we're getting we're going to see a lot more representation. And seeing Black Batman though, that is that is that is awesome. My brother's like, "Where's Bruce? He's dealing with the fallout with the Joker did, so we ain't gonna see Bruce Wayne for a minute." Um, I'm not gonna spoil. I have a tendency to spoil things. I'm not gonna spoil what the Joker did to Bruce. I'll just say he's broke. Um. Isn't that Lucius' son in that Batman Future State? That's right. It's Lucius' son. I thought he had a daughter. Uh, or that's probably because of Telltale. You know what? Uh, in, some, in some formats, he does have a daughter. You know what? That is a miss... I just thought about it. That is a miss opportunity for Black, uh, for Batwoman. Mm. That could... She could have been Lucius' daughter. Like, instead of her being a random black woman who stole Batwoman's suit, like, why she has to be a thief? Why couldn't she be, like, her daughter, Lucius's daughter? Like, and I also noticed that with us black people, we either, like, Latin people, we either a thief, a gangbanger, or a dope thief. Like, What? I think the only person out of DC history that bucked that two characters that bucked that trend is Virgil Hawkins and John Stewart. You gotta show love to that style shark, baby. Like, I think that's the only two, the only two characters that bucked the trend out of DC. Out of Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau also bucks that trend. While everyone else is either a former gangster or a drug dealer or a drug addict. That includes mm. that includes Luke Cage. Luke Cage is not exempt. And that I was about, I was about to drop the end bomb. I was not going to do that. Um, he's a former he's a former gangster. Hell, this is how much of a gangster Luke Cage he is. Mister Ben, there's an issue with Luke Cage. He does tra- I'm gonna drop out. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a real honest question. Why don't you feel comfortable saying that N word on your own show? Because we should, I shouldn't have to be like, I'm going to be me. All right, fuck. I'm trying not to curse as much as I used to. And especially saying the N-word every other sentence. I'm trying to, you know, grow as a black man <laughs> without resulting to be like, nigga this, nigga that, right? Are you happy? I did say it. Uh, how, is, how is that growing as a black man? It's not going well. But like I was saying, <laughs> the reason why I associate Luke Cage with still being gangster, and they said all black people are like this, 
Yeah, I would beat somebody's ass for over $200, but Luke Cage went all the way to Liberia, and he's technically the only Marvel hero to whip Doctor Doom's ass over money. And I'm like, wow, you tie that to black culture, Marvel. That is, and they try to they try to sweep that under the rug. Like, nah, that's out there. You have that on Marvel Unlimited. Everyone can read it. You can't sweep it under the rug like Disney would doing with Songs from the South. No, you can't. You can't sweep that under the rug. You can't sweep Old Mammy under the rug, motherfuckers. It's there. Like Charlie Chan, it's out there. Um, but it's just like we can pull from John Blake we can pull from film and comic books like there is no like what character y'all can say off the top of the head that y'all link that you feel like you link to and I already I'm gonna keep repeating this fucking character I, I don't care but I'm I'm gonna I'm hold off on me let's start with Hannah is there any character that you wish that had a proper representation that you would love to see on uh, on screen or in uh, the video game. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, in the sense of they just don't exist. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that I would like to see. Um, but like, even when I do see. Um, black characters introduced they're always like it's always something that we always see like for example with the assassin's creed character it's like she was she's the child of a slave and everything like that and like that narrative i'm like tired of seeing all the time like it's just been in my face like my whole life is like slave everything when it when it's associating um like associated with black people and stuff like that. So like as much as I did kind of enjoy that game because I kind of, you know, felt represented by it, I actually did cosplay as Avalyn, but um, you know, there was still that, you know, little bit of, I wish that she could have just been a modern day assassin that wasn't associated with something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, so I definitely, you know, see what you're saying. Um, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head besides that, just because it was mentioned. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I think of anything, I'll mention it. Dennis Ray. Um, you, uh, a personal, any person of color or just black specifically? Any person of color. That has barely probably had any proper representation. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Miss Marvel and Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, because I, I I feel we definitely don't get enough Indian characters mm-hmm. that are represented truthfully um, oh, without yeah, blatant stereotypes, you know. Um, but there's another one that I want to mention, and they, they have casted a person for this particular role. I love the character Echo from Marvel. Oh, yeah. And Echo is... Uh, half Hispanic and half indigenous and she's deaf and they've casted an indigenous actress who happens to be hard of hearing slash deaf I'm looking forward to seeing that because I love that character I never thought I would see that character in live action format so I'm definitely interested in that Um, especially them being an indigenous character because ugh you know, some people don't like to talk about it, but uh, 
you know, people who are indigenous get a horrible rap. They've had a horrible rap, and they they need just as much representation as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about films, you know, back in the day, in old good old days of John Wayne and black and white and cowboys and <sighs> Indians, which is a fucking insult. Yeah. The indigenous people were always marked as the villains. You talking about vilifying a whole a whole culture, that's one. Right off the rip. No matter what you did or what you saw, in those times of programming, people who were indigenous were always the villains. That is that is true. Red yeah. I, I know Red Dead was trying to buck that trend. Mm-hmm. But they still technically use, well no they. Alright, I I played Red Dead Redemption one, but I haven't finished two. <laughs> so far two, I did do one where Arthur did try to help um, an indigenous tribe, well because of this um, corrupt governor, which is pretty much representative of what's going on in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I do agree with you on. I totally forgot that actress name. And and when if I did find it, and I cannot pronounce her name, so I'm not gonna butcher this woman's name. Um, if you want to hear me butcher that woman's name, the Giant Contraband Robot Podcast talked about Hawkeye, and I, I I'm sorry once again if she stumbled on this episode. I apologize profusely. Um, mispronouncing your name, but she's not the only MCU um, actress who's hard of hearing. You have Laura Ridolph, Ridenloff, who's gonna play Macari in the Eternals. Mm-hmm. You have your second one, and then you got Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta playing in our MCU characters. So we finally getting their representation. Well, seeing a little bit more in the MCU, and I'm still, and I'm looking at the casting list. I'm still shocked that you got Angelina Jolie as a freaking MCU character in Sam Hayek. That's that's just a slight tangent. I'm like, Angelina Jolie and Sam Hayek is in the MCU now. Like, this won't be the first time she played a uh, comic book character. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Wanted. I know. I know that one. With Simon Hayek, this is technically her first. So she gets to be a character that was originally a man in the comic books, is now is now a Latin woman, which is cool. So like, let's go. Um. But, and it's, it's not going to be a podcast with me on it, but I mean, mentioning Marcus Holloway from Watch Dogs 2. I mean, come on. He's a hacker. He's sort of a genius. He's a fighter. He's he represent everybody, like, everyone. Like, he represents what's going on today. And he's also represents, if I had that type of power, I shouldn't have that type of power because I would abuse it. I mean, like, seriously, we have too much corrupt governments and, like, redlining is still a thing. Especially if you live here in L.A. Like, you can see a vast difference between leaving South South Central and going into downtown L.A. Or now downtown L.A. is being hella gentrified. Literally, if you, uh, for example, if you go past the L.A. Convention Center, you get more further up. It's starting to look more clean cut. 
to been to LA 2007, 2010. It doesn't look like that now. I'm just saying. It's me. Um, but this, uh, the reason why I'm, I'm always I'm always bringing up Marcus is he, he represents the first time you hear profiling, racial profiling on a game character who's not tied to being a gangster or a murderer or any of that nature. He's just someone who's a hacker, who who's an activist, who's showing like, yo, this is systemic racism here. And you're racial profiling people with your technology. And it's proven, it's plain by him being racially profiled for just speaking up. So I'm like, I never, like, whoever wrote that in at Ubisoft, I don't care who you are. That is 100% what's going on. Like, I can walk down the street showing my tattoos, wearing all black. I would probably look like I'm suspect of someone, knowing full well everybody knows I'm not a gangbanger. I'm a rock. I, I like I like to label myself as a rocker, a nerd rocker. But isn't that the problem anyway? Any 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 one of us can walk down the street and just our normal clothes and just get profiled yeah. and possibly stopped. If I mean, not saying that any of us haven't even before and now anyhow, but that's the problem just living in our own neighborhoods yeah. just going about our daily lives like we can't we can't even go anywhere without being profiled you cut out at any given point you cut out a little bit oh i'm sorry <laughs> that's all good but you are right though it's like i remember and you think comic conventions are more you know lax no I had, like going around a booth. You know, this dude following me. I'm like, what the fuck you following me for? I don't see you following him. You're following me. He's like, you have a backpack on. I'm like, really? Okay, I might give you my money. I'm like, I'm I'm out. I'm just gonna go. And then I just went to my little brother. I was like, yo, because he works for Long Beach Comic Con. I'm not gonna say his name out of legal reasons. Um, I was like. The only time the older brother has to go to the younger sibling to correct the problem. <laughs> I was like, yo, that booth. He was like, yeah, some racist motherfuckers over there. He's like, no, they're not. I'm like, go over there with my backpack on. And he was like, he went over there. Same thing. Following him. And he was like, all right, I'll go tell my boss. Before the week before the weekend was over, they were gone. They got their refund for their um their booth. They was out. You in Long Beach, one of the most multicultural areas in LA, and you want to racially profile the community? No, yeah, you you gone. And I and I like to see that happen at conventions. I don't see a lot happening at conventions. Like I know at WonderCon, it was a black. Um, this uh, she was sad to say black. She was a uh, cosplaying as Electra. Dude was like literally had a camera, like she was literally in the in the like. If y'all been to a comic convention, y'all know the bargain bin. They got the good shit. You have to get there in time. Literally bending over at the bargain bin, you see him with the camera. I snitched. I don't give a fuck. Like you are invading someone's privacy. Hell, their space. Like what the fuck? So I'm like. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. At conventions. I'm like, 
damn, I've never thought, like, and this is also the show, as a man, I don't, uh, like, and I've said this before, I, I hate the fact that there's an episode of Nerds Against the World where we did talk about male toxicity, and the majority of the women on the panel did say they felt uncomfortable um, at social events like conventions and art shows, and I'm like, like I'm aware of it, it's just seeing it and actually hearing it from people I know personally, I'm like, I'm more pissed at my own gender. Because I'm like, fuck, because we're not, and especially black men, we're not, I don't care, I don't care anyone who's listening to this, we can, I can 100% admit, we don't speak up for black women like we're supposed to. We don't. And like, um, Serena Williams, every time we mention about the GOAT, and this is the only time sports where we speak of anything nerdy related. Um, we always speak about LeBron James, RIP Kobe Bryant, why not Serena, a black woman who has over 23 championship titles, more than any black athlete in any other sport. She never in the conversation. That's disrespect on her alone. Yeah, that's very true. Um, like I mentioned before, Lauren Hal- Lauren Halsey, she. Like she's just now getting popular um, recognition within the LA art community. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this? Why is this still a thing? Like, especially when it comes to black entertainment. I want to get back to black entertainment, black gaming. Like, specifically, women, black women are not being propelled. And if they are propelled, you have assholes on there. Like, show you. Show you tits, so like saying shit you do not want to hear, and it's always us black men doing it, and they get mad. It was like, this is why I go to white women. I'm like, uh. this is um like a major subject, like a major divide in the black community. Not even just in like, um, you know, geeky or nerdy communities yeah. that I've seen argued over and over again has caused a lot of tension between um, like me and some of like other black cosplayers and stuff that like follow me on social media. And yeah, no, it's like a very, very sensitive, difficult subject. Um, The tension between black women and black men um, and how they're both kind of, they're always coming up with reasons to veer off to other like races and stuff like that, which, you know, I don't care, you know, and I think most black people don't really care if you um, date people outside of your race and everything like that. But I think a lot of people's issue is um, speaking down on the others um, to justify why they're doing it. And that's kind of where like, I like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a sensitive spot for me. Um, I don't know. I've noticed a lot of black cosplayers um, in the community. And this is a lot of the reason, too, why I'm kind of backing away from the cosplay community as a a black woman and a cosplayer um, is a lot of them. They all have um, like white boyfriends or white husbands and they love to like boast about it like about how great it is, how much better it is than being with, you know, someone from their own race and stuff like that. And I just feel like it's really weird. And like, almost like I feel isolated because of it, because my partner is a black man 
and um, the types of things that they say, the negativity, like, and it just kind of like, yeah, it just, it gets to me personally, because I do know a lot of really great black men, and I just don't like to see it stereotyped that way, but like also at the same time, they do make a point, but I feel like they just talk about it too much. Yeah, because um, I have noticed, I've definitely noticed that, and that's, I don't know, like, where did, I don't have, sorry, stop doing my words, I don't know where is that coming from, though. Like, I, I never uh, see where, that, yeah. where that's coming from. Yeah, I'm not really sure where it's coming from either, um, and, like, anytime I try to, like, bring up the subject and be like, hey, like, you know, why is it that um, black women, uh, and black men are this way like what's the origin of it people try to make like twist my words and be like oh well what are you saying that you you know it's it's our fault as black women that they treat us this way and stuff like that and i'm like that's definitely not what i'm saying but that always ends up being uh something that happens and it ends up dividing um us even more and that's why i'm just like kind of putting my hands up i'm like you know what i don't i don't want to have that discussion i, I feel like it's always um, goes back to self-hatred and always like the beauty, the beauty standards, the beauty standards is always going to be um, light skin or the lighter your skin is, the more beautiful the person is. And this, these beauty standards is always being twisted, turned on us. And um, people always seek it out. You know, you can always see it like back in slavery times, you know, the house, you know, slave and the the other slaves, you know, they make them feel better. So they turn on the other slaves when they're all just slaves. So it's always just like a um, infighting because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit where it stands from. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of things we could touch on, but we don't have enough time in the day and I still have another show to record. Um, so we're going to, I hate to end it off there, but let's try to end off something uh, with a little bit of some positivity. Um, let's go. Everyone, go around and promote what you're currently doing. Um, let's get some more voices out there. Um, start with uh, Hannah. Uh, uh Hannah. It's Hannah. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm basically just doing like uh content creation right now. I'm trying to start my own um, like kind of social media marketing content creation um services and things like that um but yeah i'm just trying to like feel it out right now but um i try to help out too with like some gaming community stuff with like my cousin he streams on twitch um and um you know i try to support that and join in on that but yeah um i just i make content based around uh, manga books anime just anything geeky comics that kind of stuff um it used to be you know uh cosplay but i don't really do that as much anymore but yeah um you can follow me on social media the lady hana on instagram twitter um i have a twitch um also but i don't really use it much um but yeah that's that's just about it for me dennis um like I said earlier, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter, all at DennisLA1219. Um, I also have my own uh, gaming Twitch community called Unified Streamers, which is a bunch of 
amazing gamers, content creators, or just nerds. They get together and just try to support one another. Um, also, to any of you guys, if you're trying to promote anything on Twitter, if you tag at Unified Streamers, we automatically retweet you. Uh, that's my whole thing right there. I I just love to to support people as many as much as possible as as, as much as I can. Uh, so that's just a little thing that I do to help out with that as well. But yeah, uh, I'm really just streaming right now. That's the only thing I'm really doing is supporting as many people as I can on Twitch. That's right. Right? Me, I'm just trying to live my life. I don't have anything special going uh, Just <laughs> follow me on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I see my thoughts. Um, I do stream on Twitch sometimes. I need the monkey or the race squared. Um, that's about it for me. And me, as always. You can follow me at Twitter and Instagram. Simply at Desi is dead. Um, follow the Giant Contraband Robot podcast feed where you get Nerds Against the World, the Giant Contraband Robot main show, and Artist Talk, where it's me and one artist, and we just talk about everything within art and their, themselves personally. Um, I do have a Twitch, it's at Desi is Dead as well, but that channel is like my namesake, it is dead. Um, as always, thank you to everyone that's been on this panel. Thank you if you've been listening to this and got this far. Thank you. We have an International Women's Day episode coming up. Aladdin, Aladdin, a whole uh, Christian Ventura is doing a whole Latin panel, and two episodes where I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Practice social distancing. Be kind to one another. And if you want to start a dialogue, start up a dialogue like we're doing. Just talking, just a bunch of nerds talking, letting some things out, letting some feelings out, and let you know that we want shit to change. You know, with that, like learning more, live long and prosper.